Welcome into the bank, a show which covers the Baltimore Ravens and the NFL. The bank is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, the Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations at the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Welcome into the bank. As always, I'm joined by my colleagues, Mike Randall and Jamie Seek. Uh, guys, hope you're doing well tonight. Before we uh, kick it over to you, just want to give a shout to our sponsor, uh, which is uh, Mercer Floor and Home Carpet. They're a third generation family business. They were established in 1959. They're located on Main Street in beautiful, beautiful historic downtown Westminster in Carroll County. They're the oldest floor covering store in Carroll County and one of Maryland's longest running flooring businesses. They're a full service floor covering store. They work with homeowners, businesses, landlords, builders, remodelers, and restoration companies for all of your flooring needs, Vic Mercer. If you uh, need a connection there and need have any flooring needs, please let us know. We'll be glad to make that connection. So uh, guys, we're back. Uh, Again, last week we were talking with the expectation of uh, beating Cincinnati, reaching the uh, Ravens, reaching the playoffs, which they, of course, did. We talked about who we wanted them to see. I talked about wanting to see the Titans. I got got my wish there. Um, So I wanted to face the Titans, not because I felt they were the easiest matchup, but because of what happened last year, the Titans knocking uh, the Ravens out of the playoffs. And earlier this year with Tennessee winning uh, their uh, overtime game. So uh, before we get on to discussing uh, this coming week, let's look back at those two games uh, in particular. And Mike, uh, I'll start with you. Just uh, if we could look back and just kind of recap last year's playoff loss to the Titans and what happened in that particular game. Well, I mean, the Ravens, we remember they lost 28 to 12. Uh, the touchdowns the Titans scored seemed to come quickly and off of unforced errors on the Ravens' end. Uh, they, they scored after uh, the first Ravens drive of the game. They threw an interception. Uh, Titans go down, score a touchdown in, on a short field. Uh, the next drive, they turn it over on downs, going forward on fourth down and not converting. Right after that, one play was a 45-yard uh, bomb to Khalif Raymond. So not even A.J. Brown or Corey Davis or Derrick Henry, one of their better guys, but you know, just a role player made a big play for him to, to put Tennessee up 14-0 early in the game. Uh, you get to the second half. Uh, you, you start the second half going uh, again, turning it over on downs. Uh, t- Tennessee goes 81 yards in just six plays to score a touchdown. First play, the Ravens get the ball back. They fumble it. Uh, Tennessee's on the 20-yard line. They go right in and score again. Uh, it, it just it got out of hand uh, through unforced errors, and that's something we can't see this time. We we heard after the po- the pro- the post-game comments last year that they weren't prepared enough. The other team wanted it more. Those are things that you can't uh, say after a game you, like that. That should not be part of lexicon of they wanted it more or we weren't prepared. I mean, some of that's coach speak is to say, oh, that's on us, not the players. We weren't prepared as coaches. But for the players to say we weren't prepared, that's that's just a bad look. Um, so that can't happen this time around. Um, 
the Titans. So one of my, one of my starting uh, offense, high-powered offense uh, this year. Um, but I hope we're ready for it. One of my takes of last year, Mike, and uh, like your your take on this was Ravens went fourteen and two. They dominated uh, uh, large swaths of last year. You know, had that huge run against Tennessee. They had had the week off, uh, and they got punched in the mouth. And and there was a team that hadn't really faced a whole lot of adversity for the majority of the year, and. I, I, you know, what does Tyson always said? Everybody has a plan until you punch exactly. break yeah. and just, uh, mm-hmm. and, and you get, you got hit. And uh, they, I, to me, like they just weren't sure how to react. And then you talked about the unforced errors and there were several drops, but the other thing that really stood out, out about the game to me was, and certainly part of it was game situation, but just the disparity in uh, passing attempts uh, for Jackson versus uh, uh, rushing attempts mm-hmm. overall as a team. And, you know, there was just way too much on Jackson's uh, shoulders that, that game. And uh, I, I thought they went away from the run too early, you know, even though they were down. But, yeah, I, I think you recapped that well. Yeah. That was a painful game for all Ravens fans. And we can. <laughs> yeah, and, and even with the, the unforced errors leading to some short drives, the Ravens still ran a, a ridiculous amount of plays. They ran 90 plays almost. It looks I got the box score here. 59 passing attempts, four sacks, 29 rushing attempts. I mean, that's just a lot of plays. I mean, Lamar Jackson by himself through the air and on the ground accounted for 500 yards by himself. <laughs> they only scored 12 points because you, uh, you know, turn it over twice and then uh, the fumble. So, and, and, and it's scary to think that not only did he throw the ball 59 times, but he ran the ball 20. And how many of those were dropbacks that turned into scrambles? Right. So we might have called conservatively 65, 70 pass plays. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's not where we need to be at all. <laughs> Drew Bledsoe there. So, right. So, right. Uh, Jamie, you looked at the uh, back the loss earlier this year, overtime loss. I'm sure you're going to hit on it, but, you know, uh, one of the keys – Obviously, it was that you didn't have Campbell and you didn't have Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but but take us back to that game, that loss. What happened there? Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's weird how when you get when you get away from something, you have that perception of the game versus what the reality of the game was. And when you look at the final stat line, you know, obviously Derrick Henry's numbers jump out. But when you look at how it all broke down, he had 133 yards. 89 of those yards came in the fourth quarter and overtime. So really, for so for three quarters, we held him in check. 44 yards, he was under four yards of carry. We were doing what we had to do there. Um, you know, obviously, we know it was a, it was an overtime loss and the Derrick Henry touchdown, all that stuff. The the one of the biggest things I noticed was that it was a lot more about what we didn't do. I feel like when, when I'm looking back at that, particularly on offense, um, the, uh, the interception that Jackson threw um, was a really big turning point in that game. It was 21-13. We were right at about midfield, minute 58 left in the third quarter. You know, we, we've got an eight-point lead. We started the drive, and we took a shot downfield. 
and it was a little bit of a bad throw and Duvernay kind of took a little bit of a weird uh, adjustment to it, wasn't able to get to it, turned the ball over. Big momentum swing. Now, we held him to three, but it was still a moment in the game that changed. Regardless, we get the, we get the ball back, 21-16. We're driving. Third and one. Andrews jumps when we're going to try to quarterback sneak. Penalty moves us back. But then on third and six, good play call. Andrews got open on kind of a, a like an up and out kind of – or excuse me, like an out and up kind of route. Actually, it was an in route, so he was crossing and then cut up the field. And Lamar just overthrew it. So at that point, there was like seven and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter, and you had a you know you had a twenty-one sixteen lead. And we're driving, so again, opportunities there missed. And then after both, and, and obviously after you know after that drive, the touchdown, the two-point conversion, which puts us in the position where we're down by a field goal, but we got time and we got timeouts. We're able to put a good drive together, but then. Another costly penalty on – it was first down. We were at the about the 12-yard line. Des Bryant had just made a, a nice catch and run, and they snapped the ball before Des got set. So we got an illegal motion penalty, and it was like that little screen to Hollywood Brown. Andrews was there. It looked like it would have been a touchdown because the Titans weren't quite set. We were you know running hurry up. But because of that missed opportunity, we ended up having to kick the field goal, and we know how it went in overtime. We had a quick – Three and out with a sack, and then Derrick Henry just finished the job. So I look at a, I look looking back at that game. I say, man, we were in control, and we had chances, and we just didn't put it away. With that said, the overarching observation I'll make about the difference between what we've seen the last five weeks and what we saw against Tennessee, it it just didn't look like the the offense didn't look the same. It was that was sort of the end of that inconsistency that we had seen at the beginning of this year and throughout the middle of the year. And now I feel like we're seeing that 2019 redux the last, the last five games, last month and a half or so. So that's a look back at the last two losses over the, uh, this past year to the Titans. And then this Sunday Ravens get a chance for revenge for both of those games. And, uh, so let's look at the offense uh, versus uh, Ravens offense versus Titans defense. And Michael, get your thoughts first. Uh, to Jamie's point, there the offense has looked different over this five-game stretch. Obviously, uh, we understand uh, the opponents in general of who the Ravens have faced, but Jackson's been more decisive. We've talked about the line play being being improved. Um, Hollywood's had a few, you know, you can talk about some of the drops, but he's also had a string of uh, touchdown catches. Boykin's got more involved. Okay, we, we know what the Ravens want to do on offense. You know, it's going to start with the running game. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts there going into this game against the Titans defense? It's not particularly strong. Yeah, I think you hit on a lot of the key points. They're, they're, and Jamie just mentioned it too. They're a different team. What they look like, you, you don't have Marquise Brown making the key drops right now. The offensive line, as you said, looks to be in, in pretty good shape. Uh, Colon Castillo coming into center has been a seamless transition from Mikari, where Matt Scurra was still a little shaky um, when he came back in a couple weeks ago. Uh, so I think we're really happy with the offensive line uh, play right now. That's all going to go um, be great for what the Ravens are going to do, which is try to run the ball. 
the Titans defense is not good. They're, they're ranked near the bottom of the league. Um, so on offense versus defense, you're really happy to see the Ravens clicking at the right time. Meanwhile, the Titans have given up 38 points in three of their last five games. Uh, so with the, the amount of points the Ravens are putting up, granted against some inferior teams, you want to see them still crack at least 30 points against uh, this Tennessee defense. Um, Lamar Jackson and Ryan Tannehill and Lamar Jackson have been about identical in quarterback play um, with the exception of Jackson's running ability, of course. But when you look at just their passing ability, the last five games are pretty identical. When you look at completion percentage, yards per attempt, touchdowns, passer rating, um, they're all in the upper tier of the league um, and pretty identical between the two of them. Lamar Jackson's been able to find the deep ball, uh, which could be big in this game uh, for some big strikes, especially if, Tennessee puts us down early a little bit. I know we want to run the ball, but you also run the ball to set up some of those big, uh, those big plays too. And and they've been there the last five weeks. He's seven out of fourteen on passes over twenty yards. Um, meanwhile, Tannehill's five for fifteen in that same stretch. So advantage Lamar Jackson in that department coming into this game against a, a bad secondary. Uh, also, a secondary that gave up what was it thirty five points to the Cleveland Browns a few weeks back uh, in the first half of that game. Uh, so I think, was it Baker Mayfield threw for four touchdowns? They ran one in, or did he throw for five touchdowns uh, against this defense? So if Baker Mayfield can do it in Tennessee, mind you, then you hope Lamar Jackson can have a big game down there as well. And the running game, of course, I, th- I don't think we expect any drop-off in that department. Jamie, the, the Ravens want to run the ball. The Titans know the Ravens want to run the ball. Uh, where do you come down on the idea of, you want to see the Ravens come out running, play to their strength, set up the rest of their offense, or do you want to see the Ravens uh, come out, open things up, the idea of you know maybe passing to have a better chance of running? I you know, see that debate on the board. What are yeah, your thoughts you, there? You know, it's interesting. I can kind of argue both sides to a certain extent. I don't necessarily want to see us come out, you know, wide open, you know, 99 Rams greatest show on turf or anything, but there have been a little bit more last year than this year, but there was a lot of times where our first play from scrimmage was a big play, big pass play because everybody's looking to sell out to stop the run. Um, You know, we've had, you know, been able to hit Brown or hit Boykin over the top because, you know, teams are looking to, you know, focus on the run. And because of how, you know, bad the Titans have been against the pass. You know, Mike covered it really well in his article with a lot of the uh, the, the football outsiders numbers and then just the, you know, the traditional stats. There's just not any way to say it. The Titans have are bad against the pass. And you're afraid the temptation is there for the coaches to say, well, let's try to exploit that. But in reality, we got to do what we do. When we're running the ball the way we are right now, where Lamar Jackson is a part of that, somebody's got to account for him. It's not 10 on 11. It's 11 on 11. When we're doing that and we commit to it, there hasn't been a team that's really been able to stop us. The only team that stopped us has been us. When we've turned the ball over, when we've committed penalties to get off schedule, those things those things can't happen. Um, let's continue there's a good trend too we've been going up in red zone percentage red zone conversion finishing drives that's going to be important um i we were 
a couple of weeks ago, we were only, we were somewhere around like 54%. But in the last couple of weeks, that percentage has gone all the way up to like a little under 69%, I think, converting in the red zone. These are more general things, obviously. But just the way the run game has been going, even though it's against lesser opponents, we have to utilize those two back sets with Edwards and Dobbins on the field at the same time. Line Dobbins up in the slot, motion him, show pulling action opposite where Lamar can follow if he wants to pull the ball back or if you give the ball to Dobbins, you know, or Edwards is standing next to Lamar and Dobbins motions, you hand it to Edwards, he goes inside. There's so many different things that we've put on tape in formation, out of one formation and one motion. How do you defend it? I really like the uh, scripted drives that come out the last few weeks. Reminds me of really a lot of the drives we saw in uh, 19. They've got a lot of uh, players involved right away, been able to move, move the chains and have some success. Uh, if the Ravens win, you know, start off with possession on Sunday, you know, I do think it's kind of important right out of the gate to uh, uh, have some success offensively. Certainly would love to see the Ravens play from ahead which uh, seems to make all the difference for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie, let's flip to the other side, look at the uh, Ravens' defense versus Titans' offense. Not a lot of mystery there either. They're going to pound Henry and set up their play-action game with uh, Tannehill, and they mm-hmm. do have some talent at, at receiver. Um, what are your thoughts uh, about how the Ravens line up against uh, uh, the Titans? Yeah, I mean, I think the the Derrick Henry stuff kind of goes without saying. I mean, you know they're they're going to get a, a steady dose of him. Um, so I think keys we've got we've got to set the edge, and that's going to serve two purposes. I'll kind of I'll, I'll talk about the second purpose in a second, but for Henry, he he has a lot of those big runs where he's able to bounce it outside, and then he's on a cornerback who can't tackle him. And that's where he really makes his head, make, makes hay. So if we get a hat on him, we've got to get him to the ground and also just watch out for that wildcat play with him taking the snap. Obviously last year they did it in the playoff game where he threw the touchdown pass. They tried it in November, but it was a bad snap. If you recall, ended up back at about like the 25 yard line or something like that. They do that in goal to go. So something to look out for. Um, and the other thing was setting the edge. Ryan Tannehill has been he burned us a couple times with it. He's burned he the the game winning touchdown or the or rather the go ahead touchdown last week was on where he fakes the handoff, pulls it back, takes it around the outside, and he's usually untouched for a decent amount of time because nobody's really expecting it. But they've done it so many times that we have to look for it. And whoever is as the defensive ends rotate in and, you know, Mike did a great job of covering this also. Um, the uh, uh, Bowser has been really good at setting the edge. Same thing with McPhee, but Judon and Ngakwe struggle with that. So the way that we do our personnel groupings is going to be interesting because I think we're going to have to make sure Ngakwe probably is only in there in obvious passing situations because of how important it's going to be to bottle up the run. Um, For the linebackers, they're going to have a big role this week because as tempting as it's going to be to get started going downhill to try to attack Henry, we've got the play action is there. They can't be overly aggressive with, with selling out to stop the run. We've got to try to allocate resources everywhere. It's a tall task, 
but we're going to have to do it. And the last thing really is, and I haven't heard anything about Jimmy Smith's status yet. I mean, I know he's still, uh, he's got the shoulder. Harbaugh was cautiously optimistic. I think if he's able to play that big because he's a, you know, one of the bigger cornerbacks in the league and obviously Brown and Davis, pretty physical receivers, it would be nice to have Smith in there to have the opportunity to maybe get up on one of those guys and, you know, knock them around a little bit at the line of scrimmage, maybe try to make them a little bit uncomfortable because they're probably not used to that kind of physical play. But I think tackling is really what underscores everything. Uh, what about you, Mike, uh, defensively for the Ravens? What are you keying on? And to Jamie's points, are you looking at any uh, the personnel groupings? Are, are you looking for maybe a heavier kind of a base package uh, uh, this week? Yeah, I, I think you got to be aggressive on, on first down on defense with the pressure. And one thing they haven't really had to put on tape lately is the sets where they bring eight guys to the line of scrimmage and you don't know which one's blitzing because, frankly, they've been playing teams that you don't need to confuse much on defense uh, to have success. So getting back to that, showing them some fronts where Tannehill doesn't know who's rushing or from where or who's dropping into coverage and from where – and the same with Derrick Henry. So they don't know you got eight guys on the line of scrimmage where they're coming from. Uh, so they can't really adjust to, you know, one side or the other or to, you know, make it, make the adjustments they need at the line. I think being aggressive on first downs and showing them some things they haven't seen could put them in some second and longs. Some, uh, you get an early sack, you set, you tackle Derrick Henry behind the line of scrimmage, you get into second and 12, second and 13, 15, what have you that gives you an opportunity to set up third down and 10, third down and eight, 10, 12. And that puts you in situations where Derrick Henry is basically not a factor on third down. So you take away one of their weapons on one of their downs. And I think that swings the pendulum in your favor heavily given Henry's talent. If you're able, cause he's not, a, he's not a threat out of the backfield to catch passes um, and screens being, blitz beating kind of plays, even if you are super aggressive on first down to sell out to either sack Tannehill and put him in longer down in distance or to, or to bring Derrick Henry down. They try to throw a screen pass to Henry. It may not work out or you know, he may drop it or just, he's just not really a factor in their passing game as talented as he is a running back. Uh, So setting him up in, in longer down in distance, making Henry a non-factor 25% of the time or 33.3% of the time, uh, that that would go a huge, huge way to uh, helping the Ravens win this one. Both had interesting articles at the site this week. Uh, Jamie will start with yours, titled uh, "Never in Doubt." One of the things you mentioned in there, I was uh, was happy to see, was the idea of uh, at one point the Titans were the Ravens' uh, primary uh, rival. And it gets kind of forgotten, but uh, they were hated as as much as anybody. Yeah. There's some good uh, memories of them in Jacksonville. Uh, and certainly uh, it's been mentioned a few times on the board this week, uh, Billick's speech about going into the playoffs that year. You know, uh, yeah. When you go into the Lions, then you don't tippy-toe in. You carry yeah. a spear, you kick in whatever doors there are <laughs> and say, where is the SOB? No, I, I, I do. I love the history of this, uh, of, of this rivalry. And it was, I mean, I mean the, the games, obviously, that the regular season game in 2000, you know, the first loss that we handed them at Adelphia, what what an insane game that was with the, you know, the back and forth at the end. You have the, uh, the Dilfer interception that goes for a touchdown. Del Greco misses the extra point, 
And that was when, you know, extra points were, you know, snapped from the one and a half yard line. And then you have the Patrick Johnson touchdown. We give up the big McNair scramble. <laughs> and then Del Greco misses the 40 yard field goal. And then piggyback on that, the playoff game where he, where he missed two field goals, had one blocked. And his career was over. So the the and Al Del Greco was a damn good kicker, <laughs> and it it ended fast. The next year you had the Monday night game with the goal line stand, uh, mm. you know where where we stuff where we stuff McNair to end the game and, and win that dramatic Monday night game. Uh, you know, obviously you had the game in two thousand three where um, you know fifty seven year old Gary Johnson hit the field goal to win it. <laughs> um, just been a lot of great moments. Um, McNair comes here. He's throwing the ball to Derek Mason, who began his career, obviously, in Tennessee. We win that game in 06 after the Trevor Price block field goal. You know, definitely some cool moments in this in this rivalry. And obviously, recent history, you know, last year, of course, the Ravens were riding high, 14-2, you know, uh, favorites, favored by everyone to go to the Super Bowl. And the Titans kind of you know, came in here and you know, smacked us around, quite frankly. And then in November... We had the issue before the game. I don't know if you guys remember that moment where they were out doing some kind of a team thing, kind of a, a team Juju Smith-Schuster thing, dancing on the logo, mm -hmm. and Harbaugh got hot about it. And if I recall, he did not shake hands with Mike, Mike Rabel after the game. So as much as we've been downplaying, you've heard that the guys downplaying last year's game for the most part, there's a little something extra. And you can, you, it's palpable. Yeah, if we remember, they remember. Yeah, uh, certainly, and it's a uh, makes it fun for us as fans, and uh, I'm sure the players are, are amped up for the opportunity, Mike. Yeah, I I think the yeah. the Titans maybe with Tom Brady leaving New England and the Patriots kind of being an afterthought now, even though we lost to them this year. The the Titans maybe oh. the Ravens' second biggest rival at this point, considering uh, recent history. And considering all the past history these two teams have, I, I talked to a friend of mine um, a couple years ago now. I don't work with him anymore, but when I worked with him, he was from Tennessee, and he's a Titans fan. He says the Titans hate the Ravens more than anyone else, more than the Colts, more than the Jaguars, the teams in their division. The Titans hate the Ravens more than – or Titans fans seem to hate the Ravens more than any other team because of the the, the previous history, and it, especially after the um, – the 2008 game where I think the Ravens won that one on a were aided with the blown delay of game non-call uh, in that mm -hmm. one where Todd Heap caught like a 30 yard pass to set up the field goal that ended up winning it. So mm -hmm. um, a, a lot, a lot of history between these two teams. And, and when you get a rivalry like this, especially one as heated as it can get with what happened, like Jamie said, pregame, them dancing on our logo, uh, this game could get chippy and this game could, when, when chippiness comes in and the pressure of the playoffs mounts, uh, the smarter team, the more disciplined team um, ha has an advantage. Uh, you can't come in and, you know, have 15-yard penalties and unsportsmanlike conduct, stuff like that. Uh, that. That could turn drive enders into drive extenders and hurt your team. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Mike, you all sent the article, uh, an article at the site, previewing the Ravens and Titans inside the numbers. You can highlight any of the numbers uh, that you, you'd like to point out. You, you had a, a number of uh, good points there directly in the article. One thing that kind of jumped out to me 
just overall looking at numbers for the game was uh, mentioned the Titans being near the bottom of the league in uh, DVA for their defense, but they also are for their special teams. Yeah, maybe that comes into play uh, uh, at some point Sunday. Uh, but overall, you looked at the numbers, just to kind of, you know, something really stood out to you there that you'd like to highlight. Yeah, I, I think um, like the DVOA thing was something that stood out and, and not necessarily just um, pertaining to just the Ravens and Titans, but the Ravens are 11th in offense, 9th in defense, 2nd in special teams. And, and being um, near the top 10 in all three of those puts them in – some special company only the saints can lay claim this year to having uh, top 10 numbers in DVOA in all three categories. Uh, the bills are also the only other team that has two categories in the top 10. They're just short on defense at 12th. Um, so the Ravens being 11th, 9th and second and puts them up there as, as one of the more complete teams uh, in the playoffs. And I believe they are the, second or third favorite even they're the third favorite by Vegas odds to uh, go to the Super Bowl behind Kansas City and Buffalo um, so that's that's kind of telling about what Vegas thinks about how complete the team the Ravens are um, so that was one of the things that stood out to me with the DVOA uh, so I, a lot of number another a lot of the numbers I put in here like strength of schedule the Ravens Titans both had easy schedules um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, when both teams get challenged uh, or fa face a challenging game, uh, what happens? Uh, the last time the Ravens were really challenged was the Cleveland game, in my opinion, and there was so much going on in that game. Um, just, just, just a crazy game all around. Um, the deep ball I mentioned, I brought that up in the article. Lamar Jackson, uh, the deep ball becoming a weapon again, and. Um, one of the other things that stood out to me was the target share for the Ravens. Uh, Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown account for 70% of the target share, uh, which means Mike Vrabel being a Bill Belichick uh, disciple, being a former player of his, uh, being able to – Belichick likes to take away what you do best. And if Vrabel's able to take away Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews, that means I'm going to be looking for somebody else to step up and make plays in this game, be it Des Bryant, Miles Boykin. Maybe maybe our running backs carry us the whole way, and we don't have to rely on it. But I, you know, you're, if you're going to keep up with the, the Tennessee offense as potent as they've been, you probably are going to have to throw the ball a little bit too. So uh, we'll see if they're able to take away Andrews and Brown. I'll be kind of disappointed if he if Jackson forces some balls to those guys unnecessarily and leads to turnovers. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how how well those guys do, and if somebody else steps up and becomes a, a hero in this one. Let's move on to uh, and finish up with our picks. And Jamie, I'll start with you. And uh, let's preface this with: if this happens, uh, the Ravens win. If this happens, the Titans win. Uh, you know, what do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the the big key, and and this is a recurring theme with me, is the turnover battle. Obviously, last year we had we had the interception, the fumble, and then. The turnover on downs twice on fourth and one we weren't able to convert, which, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, it's a turnover. We can't give them the football, especially, you know, in the postseason on the road. There's going to be some fans there, so it might be a little bit like a road game. Um, there's that. That's a big key for me. The other thing is one of our best defenders is going to be our offense. The best way to keep the guys fresh to have them ready to bring down Derrick Henry when he does get the ball is to have them on the sidelines drinking Gatorade. If we can have some of these 
nine, 10, 12 play drives like we've been able to have the last couple of weeks. Granted, the competition wasn't great, but look at the Titans' defense. Their numbers are not great. They're bottom third of the league in pretty much everything. So we should be able to move the ball with regularity, finish drives, play from ahead. If those things happen, I, I, I didn't like this matchup at first. We talked about it a little bit last week, but I've really come to do a 180 on this. I, I'm excited about the matchup. I like the Ravens. I like them to win by double digits. And that, that might sound a little nuts, but I think we control the clock. We're confident. I, I, def, I definitely see the Ravens going into Tennessee and getting this game. Mike, how about you? Uh, what are you keying on uh, and who wins? Um, well, uh, my one key that I mentioned earlier about keeping the Titans into third and second and third and long situations. I think my other key is if the Ravens play defense for 60 full minutes and mainly if they play defense well in the fourth quarter and, and get some stops, I think this is going to be a close game throughout. Derrick Henry is going to get his, I don't think there's much of a home field advantage, but there, there's got to be a comfort factor playing at home. Uh, and I, you know, weather's not going to be a factor in this one. So, so guys are going to be, uh, doing what they do. So, you know, Derrick Henry's going to get his. The Ravens offense is coming in hot, which you like to see. So I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Ravens defense really needs to step up in the fourth quarter, as we've seen some games where they've allowed uh, it, they allowed 22 in the fourth quarter to the Eagles and almost let them win that game. They allowed 22 to the Browns in the fourth quarter, almost letting that game get away. They allowed the Titans to come back, as we talked about in our last meeting, uh, with the 21 to 10 lead and then a 21 to 13 lead in the fourth quarter and let both those get away into overtime. So the defense needs to play 60 full minutes or more, depending on how the game goes. I think if they, if they play a solid fourth quarter, get the stops they need, allow the Ravens to have the ball last or, or score more, win the quarter, score more points than the Titans score in the fourth quarter. I think the Ravens will win. And I think I'm not going to go as bold as Jamie and say double digits. <laughs> line is three minus three. I saw today it was three and a half yesterday. It's minus three right now in favor of the Ravens. Um, I'm going to say something like first team to 30 might get it about 31, 27 Ravens. So minus four sounds about right to me. Uh, play from ahead, move the ball around, echo Jamie's points about the turnovers and get off the field on third down uh, on, on defense. Just, um, and maybe that really is more about uh, having success on uh, first down, uh, you know, both sides of the ball, but particularly defensively. So you're not, you know, in these third and short situations of Henry just running through you. Uh, but uh, I, I like the matchup. I feel good. If the Titans win, hats off to them. But I think it's a great opportunity for the Ravens. I think we're going to be talking next week about who the. Ravens will face in the divisional round. So enjoy the action this weekend, guys. Appreciate your thoughts as always. Uh, for people listening, go check out Mike and Jamie's articles at the site and uh, join our game thread this weekend. Uh, go Ravens and uh, Mark, thanks. Take care, guys.